previously on the Simply Human podcast. That's what I think we're talking about, like trying to just start getting away from that and being like, we're all human. We screw stuff up. We fart. We make noise. We have sleep in our eye. Sometimes our nose runs. Like, whatever. That's, that's humans. Hopefully we're evolving more to that. That's my, that's my plan anyways. <laughs> it's episode 147 of the Simple Human Podcast with your host, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Jason Sai, but the third time he's been on the show, and we have hobby talk. We let Jason rant about nothing serious, just things that he enjoys. It's a very interesting conversation about tarantulas. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human with Luke the Farmer, and not even moderately funny, uh, horrifically gross injury, a recent injury from a week ago today, uh, and then... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not too bad, like it, the pictures, if you want to see pictures, I talk about that later, but uh, then we'll wrap up with the Simply Human Tip How are you, Rick? I gotta pee. I should have. Uh, I'm driving in the car. We're experimenting with maximizing our time, and I'm on the road going home. And about one minute after I got in my car, I was like, "Yeah, I definitely should have peed before I left what, the office." Like, and, uh, you, when you okay, you know, like when you're hungry and you kind of get like on edge, like you kind of you're just kind of rude. They call that hangry, right? Do you know? Do you know what that is? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I'm, the same thing happens to me when I have to pee. I get really irritable. Like, I'm really, like, I just get, like, really short and angry. And it's huh. a pretty easy fix. And you just go you pee. You just gotta pee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, and, and I'll go, I'll go, like, you know, I'll start a meeting or something. Like, oh, man, I probably should go. And then, like, I'll finish that and I'll start doing something else. And I just, you know, you just kind of get on a roll. And then, like, you don't want to pee. It takes a long time to go in there and pee. You gotta no, wash. it doesn't. You gotta wash hey, your hands. Hey, you know what? This is completely off the cuff, your cuff here, but like, how long on average would you say it takes you to pee from the time you walk into the bathroom oh. to the time you walk out? Uh, 90 seconds. Two, two minutes. I feel like I am the most efficient yeah. urinator of all time. There's uh, My office is right down the hall from what used to be a jail cell, which is Ooh. weird to phrase that. But uh, it used to be like the juvenile intake holding facility. Now we have a different one. Talk but there's slower. still like the j- still like a jail cell right there. But they use it for storage. But there's a bathroom in there. And so I'm like maybe 20 to 30 feet from a toilet. And I drink a lot of coffee and water oh. all day long. I probably go to the bathroom at least two dozen times a day. But I've got it down to where I'm in and out of there. And we have like the – we don't have a, a sink to wash your hands. But like the hand sanitizer. Yeah. I'm in and out of there, 15 seconds stops. Wow, that's pretty good. I go in there, I get get it done, and I'm out. Back to the office, solving crime. And you don't have to wash your hands. That's overrated. You know, uh, I think we've talked about this before. And oh, it was at the range. It was at the Rangers game. Where who was it? Was it you or Rob that like washed their hands only because they they thought no, that I was going to judge them? Was that Rob? That, that that very well could have been me because I'll tell you, if I go in the bathroom, no one's watching. Pretty good chance if I haven't gotten any pee on my hand. Yeah, right. If there's if there's something on my hand, I'll wash my hand. But there's nothing in, inherently dirty about what you're doing. I don't think so. Pee I, is is sterile. You know, if I'm going a uh, numero dos, I will every time. Yes. But, but uh, if I'm just hey, peeing and l- l- run of the mill pee, like 
Is there a need for that? No, there's not. Let them eat dirt. I, Remember the, the book, Marie Claire yeah, Arietta? Yeah. Let them eat dirt. It's good for you. I feel like I save a lot of time. And also, if you wash your hands after going pee every single time, God, my hands would be so dry. Yes. Well, imagine like nurses and stuff that have, like wash their hands every time they enter or leave a patient room. That's a problem. Now you're getting dry hand. You heard it here first. Don't wash your hands after you pee, everybody. There you go. Be, be, like, be like me and only wash when someone else comes in the bathroom. Like, oh, yeah, of course I'm washing my hands. What hey, kind of an animal does it? I, hey, I've gone so far as to, if someone's in there, I'll turn the water on and just let it run <laughs> so, I, so I don't have to dry my hands. You have to pull a paper towel out and make it sound like you're drying your hands. Or like I'll walk up to like the hand sanitizer. There's a couple offices right around there. And that you can't hear the dispensing. It just goes. Yeah. But if the toilet's flushed so loud, you can't hear it. So I'll put my hands near there and then I'll rub my hands when I'm walking out of there. <laughs> so everyone thinks that I did that. Uh, but here's a secret. I. Yeah. And uh, I feel good about that. Did I ever tell you about the time when I worked in a restaurant that I got in trouble for not washing my hands? No. This is not as salacious as it sounds. I worked in a restaurant when I lived in Ohio. Bragging and I go montage. Into the ba- <laughs> I go into the bathroom. To check the uh, to check the bathroom, and they have the newspapers above the urinals. Well, I'm checking the bathroom. Okay, toilet paper's good. That's fine. Whatever. I don't even go to the bathroom. Well, I'm I stop for like two seconds to look at a headline of the newspaper that's above the urinal. I look at it. I was like, oh, that's crazy news, and I walk out of the bathroom. Well, some guy that was in there oh, reported or came came in when I was walking out or something, and reported me to my manager that. That man used the restroom and didn't wash his hands. And so the manager tells me, and I was like, no, 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 no. This is what happened. It's very much an episode of Seinfeld. And so I, was in the pool. I went and washed my hands, and I go back over to that table. And it was only like 4 in the afternoon, so there was nobody in there. I was like, hey, just I, I just want to let you know. Yeah, I, I, I didn't wash my hands, but I didn't actually go to the bathroom. I was in there, and I, I saw something on the, the newspaper, and these people were just staring at me. And I was like, and I just I, I saw something on the, the newspaper, and I, I just looked at it. But I, didn't, I don't want you to think that. Oh, um, oh uh, never mind. I just walked off. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, I, I was going to, if we have time, I'm going to get to something very particular that I've been wanting to talk about. But there's something I need to tell you. <clears throat> I, I am in, in a Kiwanis club in Abilene. Do you know? What, I'm sorry, what? Like, you know, Kiwanis, Rotary, all those kind of like a civic organization. Kiwanis Club is like a civic organization that helps kids. Uh, you know, so I'm in that. <laughs> For like the Fez and like the tiny motorcycle? No, that's uh, Rotary, I think. No, I think, I think it's Shriner. Shriner, you're right, you're right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, it's a bunch of old people. I'm like one of the younger ones. And this guy today, I, t- I tried to get a video of this. There was an older man. He was probably 78, 79, sitting at the table next to me, but up against the wall. So he was like at the, on the edge of the room. And and I he I watched it. I kind of, you know, my he caught my attention because he sort of leaned up. And so my eyes just kind of darted over to him. And he just, like, he just farted. Like, <laughs> listen, listen. I'm, it was like, it was like up against the chair. It was like, <laughs> and I, and I kind of like, I kind of looked around like, I mean, he very blatantly did that. I mean, I'm looking around like, is anyone going to no- say anything? Like, okay, okay. He, How old is he? Rick, like 78, 79. Rick, he did it like five times. <laughs> 
<laughs> I had I had my my camera open because I wanted to like get it on camera. It was so loud, like no one was noticing. Even, even after it was over, this girl who's kind of my age, like was sitting next to me, and I was like, "Did you not hear that?" She was like, "What?" I was like, he, "That Tom was like farting. Like he just like blatantly was leaning up and farting." Like, <laughs> I was like, "I'll tell you what, <laughs> I love love the old man approach to life." Yes, and that is this. Hey, listen. <laughs> pal i'm 78 years old i survived i don't know Nom. yeah i can do whatever i want yeah. because i'm 78 yeah my dad's 70 and he really does whatever he wants to do and yeah. he doesn't care what you think about it yeah he will drive miles under the speed limit in the far left-hand lane yeah and irritate him right yeah we get the we get the finger <laughs> so many times we're going somewhere and i'm just looking at people like constantly just giving them the, like the apology face like Sorry, he's old. Can't get out of your way. Yeah. But man, if you get to that age, yeah. I feel like you have earned the right to just say, you know what? I'm 78 and I'm going to fart. And if you don't like it, <laughs> well, screw you. Well, it's like, and, and, uh, and, and he even like stood up and like made an announcement about like the, the coat drive or whatever it was, you know, like, and I'm just like, man, no one, well, it's like Seinfeld has that bit about uh, the old person who just backs up without looking. You know, he's like, you know, I've made it this far. Now let's see if you can. And just, they just put it in reverse and here they come. I can't wait to be an old man. I'm just going to do whatever I want and not care. Yeah. Are you going to be like the old man that calls like younger women like honey and sugar? Like at the like if you get a waitress, my granddad was kind of oh, that very, way. That's always very uncomfortable with yeah, that. Like, yeah. hey. That's well, not, who, what was the, who was the ESPN, uh, the TV guy, Ron something that called a Holly Rowe sweetie or something when he threw down to her and she like sued him and got him fired. Remember that? Uh, whoa. No, no, but I don't. You know who Holly Rowe is. Well, okay. There's something I wanted to get to, but I, I feel like it deserves an entire crosstalk. So let's wait. Let's keep it. I hijacked the whole thing with Rick having to pee talk. No, but that was good. I thought, I think that's good. So I, you're in talk. You're in talk. <laughs> Urine and Uranus talk. Uh, science and biology. <clears throat> How about that? Biology? science. Urine? Okay. Urine is like biology, right? Yeah. You yeah, know about like said- the digestive system. Uranus would yeah. be biology too. You know Uranus has like 30 moons? I had a kid when I was a church, counsel- a church camp counselor that used to just constantly say, there are gaseous clouds around Uranus. <laughs> Gosh. It's actually pretty pretty funny. (laughs) I saw. I will. We'll close with this before we get to the interview with Jason. Uh, (laughs) Saw you at the Rangers game. Yes, yes, we had a grand time. I ran up the ramp. You were like in the section, pretty much directly above me, which is pretty awesome. So after the fourth inning, uh, I ran up to you, and I I saw your brother first, and he was like facing away from me, and I ran by him like really fast, like knocked into him really hard. And he didn't realize it was me. And he, I turned around, and the look that he was giving me was was a, one of the all time looks. And then he like you know recognized me and broke into an even worse look. Uh, <laughs> and then you almost did something that would have been really great. You were going to come up and well, pa- like we came out of the, the we were supposed to, we were all going to meet in the, the end of the fourth inning. Well, we come out of there, and I have to go to the bathroom. Big surprise! Hey, big surprise! You're in talk to the bathroom a bunch. <laughs> So I go to the bathroom and I come out and I see you talking to Rob. Well, I'm going to go up and I'm going to pull your pants down because uh, you're wearing shorts. 
But I'm like, I evaluate. It's like, okay, those aren't athletic shorts. Those are like khaki, like golf shorts. Yeah. It's like if I pull on it, nothing's going to happen. So instead, I just punch you as hard as I can in one of your rear end yeah. cheeks. <laughs> Not realizing, like, if I would have gone through the original idea yeah. of yanking your pants down, they would have fallen yeah, down. It would have sh- been hilarious. Yeah, the shorts I, I had on. humiliated you in front of all of Section 313. I know. The, it would have been good. The shorts that I have are like, they're called Miles Apparel shorts. And they look like those kind of the shorts you described, but they're like a drawstring. And they're super comfortable. You can swim in them. If like if you're gonna have like swamp bottom, like if it's an if it's like a, in the summer and you're gonna be outside, like they dry really easy. They're amazing shorts. I have like three pair of them. Bragging montage, and yeah, they they would have absolutely come right down, uh, and it would have been amazing. Yeah, I'm 36. You're 35. And we're talking still about yanking each other's pants oh. down in a public setting. <laughs> like, and I'm like mad that you didn't do it. Maybe it's time that you and I have like a re-examination of our life and priorities. I know, by the way, I know. Well, speaking, <laughs> speaking. So let's let's stop this nonsense. Let's get the interview with Jason. Go to the website simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Email the show simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. You can email Rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. If you go to the simplyhumanlifestyle.com slash store, there is all the stuff there that we uh, like. There's also links to the Alt Shift book and the Alt Shift Lift book, and there are links to you can see the the uh, 21 day Simply Human Reset. We haven't talked about that in a long time. The nutrients, multivitamin, something that I still take and I'm still a huge fan yeah. of. Uh, that is still on our uh, uh, website there. If you, we have an affiliate link. Uh, it's all all the details are there. Check it out. You can donate on the uh, in the show notes. There's also a donate now button on the store page. Uh, Justin, I think it was Justin who bought the book uh, or donated to get the free book. Uh, your book is on the way. I'm very sorry. Hopefully he'll have it by now. I like it's been in my bag. I've got it. I promise. I'm gonna get it to you. Give away a free book for whoever buys the book, and then you don't mail the book. For, for like what? two weeks. I know. Yeah, that's that's terrible. I know. Um, okay, so we talked to Jason about a lot of things, a lot of fun things, like spiders and snakes. We wanted to give Jason an opportunity. He's He has to deal with you know, fat loss and the psychology of fat loss and all that stuff a lot, and so we just wanted to give him like a 30-minute break. To just talk about something that he just enjoys doing. Uh, he enjoys all that stuff, but this is like hobby talk. And so we have a really cool conversation with Jason. Here he is. We're going to welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, the great, the late great. No, you're not, you're not the late great because you're living. It's, a, it's the grape, the late grape Jason side. Man, God, how late knocking this one out of the park, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> what, I, 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 am I dead? You're the grape. The late grape. Um, late late grape means I'm dead, isn't it? Um, I think, yes, it does. I think Mark is say, trying to kill you. I think if you say grape, it's uh, it means something entirely different. Oh, that's okay. the way I understood it. Um, Jason Side, well, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. I, uh, I, and I can't even remember what, what we talked about last. Like, I don't even know what what we Golly, did. Golly, I think the last time you were on was the one the show entitled like Jason like rants or like Jason and body women's body image or something. I think that's what we talked about. Jason rants, I think, is what it was called. But that's been a long time ago. And you and I have been talking a lot on the Alt Shift podcast, which has been lots of fun. Um, yes, and so that's happening. So check Mark, that out. Mark has been- has been cheating on me with the Alt Shift podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm stealing them from you. I will. I get you to be. 
I get to be, <laughs> I get to be the Rick in the in the All Shit podcast. I just uh, Jason calls me and I I say some words and then I hang out. General preparation is just showing up and being like, yeah, what are we talking about? Okay, I can talk. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I do too. I don't do any preparation for my own <laughs> podcast. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, okay. So Rick, this is going to involve. Well, I wanted you to look up some of the stuff as we're talking about it, Rick, because Rick is this is going to freak Rick out and blow his mind. By the well, way, I got you should go to my vlog. I, I the got, family vlog. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll uh, he does this on his phone, so I don't know if he'll oh. be able to talk and look. But I have a friend. I'm, I'm skyping on my work phone, and I can okay. look on my personal phone. Okay, we'll give, we'll we'll tell you in a second when to look look at something. But I have to tell you all this real quick. I had a friend. He's a, he works on a farm. Okay, he's not a. It's not true. He's not. <laughs> he's he's not a farmer per se. He works at a farmer's farm. Okay. Okay. So stop. Uh, if you work at a farm, you are a farmer. I think you're just a farmman. A farm, no, you're a farmer. Farmman. So you have a friend who is an actual confirmed farmer. Okay, it's, he's a cotton farmer. I guess he doesn't own the cotton farm. He works for the cotton farmer. Sure, I don't think, but anyways. Okay. He split his thumb in half today. Like lengthwise? Yes. My God. He sent was it on the cotton? Something. He sent me pictures, and I started having a revenant bear scene moment. It was, it was that bad. It, I'll, I'll have to send them. Do you like gross things, Jason and Rick? You know, I, I'll I'll go without the gross thing. Okay, I'll skip it. That that sounds like something that I would probably stand out of. Okay, Rick, I will send it to you. Okay, the most horrific <laughs> pictures of all time. Anyway, I just thought I would share that with you guys. Um, okay, so Jason, uh, you know, he, I wanted you to come on and just have like kind of a fun conversation. So we might talk about all sorts of thing fun things so rick so jason is like on the all shift podcast and on his on his facebook on youtube it's like he gets he gets stuck dealing with lots of issues and and he's known for his amazing rants so i thought you know what let's have jason on and let's talk about fun stuff and there's something in particular (laughs) that jason is is uh uh interested in that i have never spoken about because he has never spoken about it publicly until recently Jason, okay. why don't you tell us what what it is? Well, you, there's <laughs> – so I did – Rick, if you're interested, I did – I started a family vlog recently where you can actually go see everything that I'm about to tell you. And you need but to be Mark, doing this. Rick. Mark says okay. that you're, you're thoroughly going to enjoy that. But I have um, – Okay, let's just let's just blurt it out and then let's go back and give all the whys in the house. But That's how I Rick have, usually does it. My daughter and I, Liesl, actually the whole family's involved now. Within um, two to two and a half feet of where my head lies when I sleep, Mm. I have a collection of 20 tarantulas. Hmm. From uh, all currently New World species, but there are 17 different species in my collection of 20 tarantulas. Is that a euphemism for something, or does this mean tarantula <laughs> spiders? This means big <laughs> spiders. Yeah. Why? So, yeah. so, 
So then we'll go back to the beginning, and I explained this in the video, but just so that you know, people don't, uh, um, you know, on this that listen to your show don't actually have to go to my boring uh, family vlog, which I'm just basically doing for fun. Um, I when I was when I was younger, uh, starting at about 14, I started working for one of, for a fairly large reptile and exotic animal breeder in the in in California in the Central Valley area and I have was never big on spiders didn't really like the whole tarantula thing but I had worked with all these snakes to a point where literally thousands of them would get handled in a year these guys were breeding tons of them and I got to a finally got to a place where I was sort of running everything and then I had daughters and I would see like people in the family um who would you know run across say a garter snake in the yard and they would flip out and go way out of their way to like if they could stop time and run all the way to Home Depot to get a shovel to come back to kill this garter snake, they would. And then complain and then complain and do the same thing with the mice in the house. And the mice would actually be in the house. The snakes literally never, ever in the house just because it was this fear that was just not coming from a rational place that look, this is a harmless animal that isn't even interested in any of the things that you eat, but would gladly kill a bunch of the things that you hate that will get in your stuff and possibly pass you disease. But we can't think about that. We just got to flip out. This is a snake. And so I didn't want, once I started having kids, I, I started thinking in terms of, I don't want my kids to have these irrational fears. And I had spent most of my life, um, but it's uh, most of my life, uh, at least afraid or maybe, uh, ir irrationally nervous around spiders. And so I knew that I wanted to get at some point, I wanted to get a, um, a, uh, a tarantula. We had already gotten a little snake for my, for, and my girls would handle it and they were already getting around that next thing you know, they were catching snakes in the yard and I had taught them all about them. And now when some snake would turn up at one of the in-laws house and somebody would want to go kill it, my daughters would quickly snatch it up and take it way off in the woods and let it go. And it just was turning into this cool. We're going to think this stuff through before we just freak out irrationally. And I knew that the tarantulas that were in the pet trade were um, com really common in the pet trade because we had sold them in when I was in the in the business were uh, you know probably right around the equivalent of something like a bee sting if you ever got bit but uh, but there really wasn't anybody that I had ever heard of that had ever even been bit so I started doing a bunch of research before we eat, we decided we we're going to go down this route and what I came across were a bunch of these facts that started to become undeniable like for example there is not one documented case anywhere in the medical literature of permanent damage from a tarantula bite which means that nobody has even had a you know nerve damage or anything like that and that is obviously far removed from anything that even looks like sickness or death and so no no tarantula has ever done anything to a human that lasted permanently that you could go and trace back to but tarantulas have bitten people yeah i feel like we're we're making a, a choice on like hey i'll get this <laughs> animal that absolutely will bite me but it won't kill me so it can bite me again and i'll be alive for the second one okay well let's go further so we have um let me see um 
uh, year and a half of my own experience with these particular spiders and never even been close to even one, even acting like it was going to bite us. And then multiple collectors online with YouTube channels that have in some cases, hundreds and then in the comments, somebody that somebody brand new will be, have you ever been bit? And the answer is invariably no. Okay. I know one girl who does have a massive, massive collection that has said that she's been bit by something. But you, the thing is, is that you guys have all been stung by bees. Yes. And not one of you has ever walked outside, seen a bee flying around in the bush and been like, everybody in the house, we got to get a shovel. And that's what people do with tarantulas oh, yeah? and snakes. Yes. I feel like true. I've done that with bees. <laughs> so, one bee. uh, yeah. so then <laughs> smashing the side of my house with a shovel to get rid of one bee. <laughs> <laughs> so the new world species are all even less painful of a bite than the old world species, even though even, even the old world species don't have any kind of, uh, any kind of, of history of any sort of damage. And then you get all these like, species automatically think of like a jar of like ragu pasta sauce, like the old world recipe, like your grandmother used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I might have said that backwards. The new world species are the ones that have less, do, do less damage. The old world species tend to be more painful, but still, nonetheless, nothing like that's that's really uh, problematic. So then, you got stories like the pink toe tarantula, which is an arboreal species that's super common in the pet trade, and there's like five documented bites in history, and there's been. Th- thousands tens of thousands of them maybe hundreds of thousands of them sold in the pet trade but they're also all over banana plantations and when somebody gets bit it's usually because they reach to the back and smashed a spider and the spider like bites them on the way out otherwise nothing is ever even being reported so if people are being bitten out there it's obvious that they don't care it's not a big enough deal like anymore like you getting stung by a bee or a wasp because we have you know, at least tens of thousands have been sold in the pet trade. And to my knowledge right now, there's five bites anywhere in the medical literature. Man. So it's more um, common to get bitten by your idiot dog than it is to get <laughs> by, by like your own dog. Yeah. Like yeah. the dog that loves you. So anyway, most of our spiders are, have the personality of like Eeyore. Like you get in the cage and you have to like <laughs> all bump them off. You're like moving. You know, we have a little paintbrush that we'll we'll use because it's gentle on the tip that I'll use to kind of nudge them off of water bowls, and they real slowly walk away like a freaking turtle that you just woke up. And then you feed them, and they're action packed. And then otherwise, the girls we have a few that the girls will handle. Liesel has her own. Um, we have a couple that are higher strung, but not mean. They're just like they're easier to scare, and they'll like run to the back or hide or something if you. If if you uh, startle them, but what do you um, feed them? They they eat crickets or or uh, giant mealworms. Um, mealworms are the ones that are like the big ones that are like an inch, inch and a half long. So and we um, a bucket of like, spider food, like <laughs> yeah, throw it in there, right? like a miniature bag of dog food that you just like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three inches tall, and you open it up, and there's a very tiny scoop inside. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And you can walk away from them for like, um, they, I mean, they can literally go months without eating. So like you go on vacation and you pour them a little bit of water and two weeks later you come back and everything's exactly the way you left it except the water's dried up and they're totally fine. When you um, say they're like so, Eeyore, I imagine like one of the tarantulas like making a little like noose. He's like about to like hang himself. He's like all impressed. Yeah. When you, when you, if you watch that video, you'll see Liesel and I holding hers, which is a curly hair, really fluffy one. And you'll see how slow moving, like, it's like, I'm 
like really doing my best to try to scoop this tarantula up because it's just barely moving for us while we, you know, sit there and irritate it with our bare hands. So does it like, so, I know I have a tarantula encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, when we first moved into the house we're in now there and we're kind of out in the country sort of, and there was a tarantula. My wife opened the back door. I was at work. She was home. It was like during the summer. She opened the door and one fell like it was, it was like on the do- top of the door jam and it fell and like landed on the, on the door. Uh, oh, what am I trying to say? The door frame or whatever. She shut the uh-huh. door and it got its legs caught yeah. like, in the door. And it was like, it was such a big one that it like the legs didn't come off. It just like if your fingers got smashed in the door, you know, like they would just. Ouch. Yeah. So like this, and it eventually got free and I came home and I got gloves. This is all on YouTube, me catching the thing. Well, it like, it like raised up, like reared up at me like a horse or something. Is that. Yeah. Would it, would it have, huh. bit, would it have bitten me? Yeah, it would have. That's a threat posture. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But, but, a but a trance, I mean, the ones that you guys have down there are the same as everything I'm talking about. There might be more high strung. I don't really know anything about them, but that is a threat posture, but you're probably mostly getting that threat posture unless there's just more aggressive down there. But I know the venom isn't any more toxic, but, um, you're getting probably it's, I'm certain you're at least getting that threat posture because you're dealing with an animal that just had its damn legs shut in the door. Right. Like, um, you shut my legs in the door and I'll bite you even though we're friends. <laughs> you know? That would be funny if I actually yeah. slammed your legs in the door. <laughs> I, I would jump on you and bite you. Yeah. So um, I, we have this theme in the family about um, addressing irrational fears. Now, let me, let me tell you, it, it is normal to see both snakes and spiders and initially jump. And that is bred into your genetics. That's that's a that's a, a a biological thing that is helpful in humans. If you don't jump every time you see a snake, and one does happen to be uh, venomous and enough to kill you, you're going to die. Yeah. But if you do jump and one is not venomous, big deal. You just jumped, and then you can go, oh, who? I thought that was going to be a, a venomous snake. But you're like, I can change that, my underwear can... later. <laughs> yeah, after that, we can use. <laughs> We can use our brains after that and we don't have to, you know, I'm not like Mr. Environmentalist where I'm, I'm like concerned with every single little animal life to the degree that I cry if an animal dies. But I just think it's silly to, to kill something that was probably going to help you out quite a bit in the long run. Yeah. Let me ask you you about this. Do you know anything about American house spiders? I don't. I, you know, as far as all of the, uh, the only other things I know is that. Um, black widows and brown recluses are the only ones that we really have that are, can be really problematic for humans. And still they kill very, very few people. I don't even know if it's a person every year, but it's, um, and it always seems to be the old, the infirmed, the, uh, you know, babies. It's never, you know, like people like you and I get bit and we go through a miserable, uh, few days and then we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you get to a doctor, but, um, but, you know, so I'm not saying that everybody needs to go out and start petting spiders. I'm just <laughs> saying this, this, this is what's worked for well, my family, we, for my daughters. That talk. can be our new band name, Petting Spiders. Ooh, that's our new band name, Mark. That's that's a, good. There that's you a go. Great band, I like band that. Name. <laughs> so um, we have an American house spider. They're the ones you think of like uh, like Charlotte's Web. They make the huge webs every night. And we have one that lives like on our back porch. And every night she makes this like humongous, amazing web. And then every morning she like takes it down. And she does that oh, every wow. night. Yeah, it's amazing. And like, 
That's and, ambitious. Yeah, so we have people like come over and like they see this thing and they're like, "All right, well, where's the shoes? Let's smash it with shoes, you know." And I'm like, "No, no, no, no!" no. Like she's catching bugs and stuff. Like let her do her job. She's not har- hurting anyone. So yeah, yeah. let's let's talk more about this irrational fears thing, and especially in. Hang on, real quick. I have a one one spider related point. Uh, it's a funny story. Okay. Uh, that's the closest I ever came at work to accidentally shooting myself in the face. We were in the woods hunting for somebody. I don't remember what it was, but it was somebody that supposedly had a gun. So like I have my gun out and I'm searching, and it's dark. Shut up, Mark. And it's okay. dark outside. I'm searching, and I walk face first in this humongous oh, spider web, and I just start flipping around, going <laughs> like turning around, and everyone's like. Did, did he just find the guy, or well, what's happening? Or did he step in a bear trap? <laughs> no, it's a gigantic, massive spider web, and yeah, I almost shot myself square between the face. Oh, jeez, yeah. Well, well, I think walking uh, yeah. through a spider web like in the darkness is probably like one of the worst things ever because yeah, you don't, don't know like where the thing is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and little you know small creepy spiders crawling on you for some reason or another has always been more creepy to me than the the big hairy ones. Yeah. Like I I my my uh, my friend I have a friend here that's that's terribly afraid of spiders, and I tried to to I tried to say that that the logic for me is those little creepy crawly ones that crawl on you, black shiny things. That is much that gives me the chills and makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up much more than these big fluffy ones that I'm like, it's like if I told him it's like if, uh, you know, um, like like the Care Bears made a spider because they're big and fluffy. And he's like, no, it's like if Satan made a spider. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I know that we don't all share the same opinion, but that's that's how I see it. It's like, you know, this plush uh version of a spider is what the tarantulas well, look then, like and me. then there's that uh that whole thing about little spiders like can crawl into your mouth and into your ears and stuff at night when you're sleeping and that kind of yeah. freaks me out a little oh, bit. okay mark mark that's okay if we start doing that then i'm going to we're yeah. going to need to do like uh, some sleep hygiene talk because i won't sleep again well i'll yeah. send you a video I don't know of how much of that's true well there's uh, there's an instagram video of a spider like uh, like there's some sort of doctor like probing into someone's ear and like a spider. It was a cricket, wasn't it? No, it was. A oh sp- god! When I saw it was a spider and like the spider like comes out of the ear canal, and oh. anyway, yeah, that's nasty. Yeah, seriously. Well, okay, yeah, we're not. Yeah. Well, let's no. let's turn the conversation to these irrational fears deal and like, and especially, you know, trying to instill. Like, like I want my daughters like to be able to hold a frog. Like, why? Like, like let's talk about that. Like, why? Why is it so important to like not have like you have the irrational fears, which you sort of touched on earlier? But then, how do you like get past them? I, I, I think that you you either are going to be able to, or you're not. I think what you do if you're somebody that can't like if you are just ir- just crazy afraid of snakes and spiders. I think the only thing you can really hope for, like, let's say you're just terrified of, of snakes and it's just something about the way they move and it gets you in the soul of who you are. I think the only thing that you can, you can maybe get to a place where it's okay for you to run away from this area and be away from this animal. But do, can you at least make it make sense in your head enough to not try to figure out a way to disrupt what might be a benefit for you in this ecological environment of, yeah, I don't want to be near this snake, but I can at least tell myself that I don't, that I, that I know rationally that this snake isn't a snake that harms humans. 
And I also know that what it does consume is much more problematic for humans than snakes will ever be. Snakes are not pests unless they're rattlesnakes on your property and you're like, you know, they're biting your, your cattle or your, your, you or your family is at risk. Fine. But when you're talking about like a bull snake or a gopher snake or a garter snake, these are not something that are nothing that they eat is anything that you eat. Right. And yet the things that they do eat can absolutely eat your stuff and possibly spread disease to you. I, uh, so I, seeing one and running away is one thing, but having to kill it is just stopping something potentially from helping you well, downstream. And that's that whole idea about like thinking that we can separate ourselves from from the natural design of things. Like people that think they can they can distance themselves or that the the uh, lunar cycle has nothing has no effect on them. Right? right. Like this the moon <laughs> right. affects the it moves the ocean. I say that all the time. Like something that moves the biggest thing on the earth, the ocean Somehow yeah. doesn't have any effect on you when it changes. That's yeah, insanity. no, you're good. Yeah, no, yeah, you're you're fine. It's not going to affect you at all. And like, and so yeah, it sort of kind of goes back to that idea of there are na- there's a natural order of things that we are a part of, whether you like it or not. And you in, in you know taking yourself like once you understand that from a like in, in your own brain in your own skin as far as like how to be healthy, then it kind of starts to like bleed out a little bit into your your environment right then you start thinking about okay well uh how how are we supposed to uh drink milk you know naturally and how are we supposed to uh you know uh interact with nature around us and then you then you like you know we go get our eggs from a from a ranch north of town and like you start thinking about how things are supposed to be and then it just kind of opens your eyes to a whole a whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. Sorry. Stop. You're Sorry. hurting me. Sorry. So <laughs> that, that, that hurt my feelings. We, we fa- I found a, 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 a what, let's see, is it a Great Plains rat snake? Uh-huh. Uh, we have we had one of those nearby, and I uh, get pretty big, don't they? They do. This is a little baby. Um, but anyway, I was proud that I could identify it and they're totally harmless to humans, but they eat the crap out of some rats. Uh, mm. and we have a lot of those around, around us. Yeah. So do you have any, like, what are your like craziest like things that have ever happened in your like snake spider ventures, adventures? Oh man. Anything? Uh, yeah, I, um, when, well, I mean, things that would sound crazy to the general public, yes. I, we, when like we would breed way back in the day, I mean, we're talking like the market has changed so much now things that were not even part of the, the, the reptile world are just commonplace now different strains. I mean, especially like every different phase and color of things like ball pythons. Now you go to reptile shows and you just see to seem to see like an endless combination of these things. But when we were, um, when, when I was working at the, at the, for this breeder, we would, Every year there would be so many baby snakes born that you can't, when you're cleaning cages, you can't just like pin down a feistier snake and be real careful. I mean, I was, uh, I, I could not get bit by any snake in the building if I wanted to not get bit by it. But right. when you're talking about a snake that comes out of the egg and they're, you know, not quite a foot long and they're you know, like a baby Burmese python and they're already just mean like somebody just peed in their Wheaties first thing off, uh, first out of the show. 
they're, they're just, they're, I mean, I've been bit by those things when they were halfway out of the egg. They're just so grumpy and you just have to grab them and move them to the next cage. And you're just swapping and cleaning these little breeder boxes, things and their little shoe boxes. And by the end of it, you're just like, uh, your hands are just full of pinholes <laughs> and you're just basically got little pinholes of blood from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of teeth holes on you. And that's, that's what a day is like when you've got, you know, 400 babies to snake cages to clean and every one of them is feisty. Um, <laughs> Uh, we had a we had a, a close to twenty foot Burmese python named Big Bertha that we bred that would lay just huge clutches thirty thirty five uh, eggs a year Jeez. and I would you know you'd have to when you pulled her out you always had to t- have two people in the room she was super super docile but it's just not I mean you can't take a risk with a snake that's you know two hundred pounds date you know maybe more she's she has the potential to kill you. And so you have to, you just have to be safe and never do that kind of stuff alone. Kind of like my wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, except, except yeah, not Mark, I cannot believe we made it 25 minutes into snake talk, and just now Mark is uh, unveiling this, uh, this yeah. line of humor. Great well joke. Done. Great joke. Um, uh, there were, uh, there I was a time when I had to full-blown wrestle a, um, a close to six foot, probably five and a half foot, um, monitor lizard and um it got a claw in uh a little tear on my pants and nearly ripped one of my pant legs off and that like could have been skin um i'm looking at a monitor lizard i caught uh, you could that, that one was a nile monitor i think um and then uh i don't know we used to go catch rattlesnakes in the hills in california and um i I stumbled across one. I was just kind of going for a walk. We were waiting for the uh, for the sun to go down a bit more, and I stumbled across one that had like really high contrast, almost black and white, which is really really cool looking uh, Northern Pacific rattlesnake. And I wasn't expecting them to be out, and I didn't have a snake hook, and um, I didn't want to lose this unbelievably beautiful snake after all the ones I'd seen for so long. And so I caught it with my bare hands, and if I could go back in time, I would, I would absolutely not do that again because <laughs> it was, it was one of those moments of oh. being like uh, nineteen and invincible. But you could absolutely uh, have you seen those? I mean, the videos of those snake charmers of just getting bit over and over, like in the face, like with the cobra. Yeah. What the heck is that? They're probably fixed. The snake is probably. Uh, I had a couple of uh, over the course of the time that I was collecting snakes. I had a couple of snakes. One was a black-tailed rattlesnake, and another one was a speckled rattlesnake. And both of them had been fixed. They call it a venom ductectomy. They just make a little tiny incision really close to the eye and pull the venom duct out, and they tie it off in two places with silk, and then they singe it shut, and then you feed the snake a couple of times to get the venom out of the fangs, and then you've got a. You basically just have a snake with really big teeth. It doesn't. It's no longer venomous, but if it bites you, it hurts real bad. Yeah, still horrific. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I got. I was. I was holding a baby rattlesnake one time, and not didn't quite have a grip on enough of a grip on its head, and it slid its fang down the side of my thumb and put oh. a loop, put a loop in the skin, like when you. Oh uh, my god! Like a, a needle. Take a, you take a needle and put it through your fingerprints. Yeah, yeah kid. It did that. I could see the loop. Um, I think I peed a little bit when that happened. Yeah, because okay, because like a baby rattlesnake is like more dangerous than a than a big one, right? Yeah, that's usually what they say, and I'm not 100 percent sure if the science backs that. But it, I don't think the venom toxicity is any different. But what I've heard is that 
babies don't have they the can't good sense. It. Well, they don't have the good sense to hold anything back. So they just stick everything, all the venom that they've got in you, is, is I guess, kind of how I've heard it explained. But it's like I gotta Rick be honest, in high school. Yeah, hmm. just holds yeah. nothing back. Yeah. Hmm. So I can't substantiate that with any data, but yes, you will typically hear that that bites from babies are uh, are at least more painful, is what I've heard. Yeah. I saw a guy one time get bit by a South American rattlesnake, and every rattlesnake south of like the Mexican border, pretty much, or like maybe Central Mexico down, every rattlesnake all the way down through South America is like so much worse, to my knowledge so much worse than anything we have in the United States. We have it so easy here. And I saw a guy get bit by a South American, uh, baby South American rattlesnake and watch this big burly biker dude, um, turn into a blubbering sobbing 10 year old girl. It was, uh, I mean, it was, it was, it hurt me bad to watch it. Watch this guy that looked like a Viking warrior, <laughs> Obviously in so much pain that it was not even remotely manageable by any kind of hardness that he could conjure in himself. Oh, my gosh. Well, Jason, this has been uh, Spider and Snake Talk with Jason, Mark, and Rick. Hey, hey Mark, how much would it cost oh to gosh. put you in a, like, a, like a coffin okay. full of spiders? Like what kind of spiders? Yeah, like tarantulas, t- tarantulas. Jason could probably a coffin fl- lid shut, full of spiders, oh and five minutes. Oh man, I could do that for. We're talking about how much money you pay my cell phone bill this month. No, no, no. Like no, 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 no. I, I, I want to know how much if we raised it from simple human donations. Oh. <laughs> if we could get Mark to lay a coffin full of spiders. <laughs> You're going to spend a lot of money on spiders. I mean, like you're. You can Maybe get just like ten spiders. If you buy babies, you buy little babies. The cheaper ones are going to cost you. You might be able to find really cheap ones for like fifteen bucks a piece. But you buy them bigger, and they're going to cost you money. Okay. You how about one thousand dollars of spiders? How much does one really big tarantula cost? I have some really big ones. We can just have walk on. Mark can just come here, and we can have him walk on him. I okay. It is uh is going to be very very close to one of the biggest in the world. We're uh, close to ten. Okay. That one right there, Mark. We put a pair of like basketball shorts on you, but oh. taped like the leg holes to your legs, okay. and put this gigantic tarantula inside the shorts. Oh, <laughs> God, no! Hundred bucks? No, I like my spiders. Uh. <laughs> We're more worried about the spider being traumatized by Mark's genitals than Mark fucking spider. Mark, I'm not. You can't have one. Of my <laughs> <laughs> the spider would come out and yeah, like just like the Eeyore spider, he's like uh, <laughs> fashioning the noose around his neck. <laughs> yeah, if if Mark doesn't accidentally kill it, the thing would need therapy for the rest yeah. of his life. <laughs> the spider would be like, "Oh, that's that's how big a humans was is." Hey, shut up! Not that impressive. Kind of like when I <laughs> man, when you said the thing about the elephant trunk, or when I said that, and you were like, oh, "I think you're overestimating." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. And I'm, I hope this was good for you, a good therapy for you. 30 minutes of just talking about yeah. stuff you like to talk about. Yeah. We didn't, I didn't one time have to rant about uh, fitness or nutrition <laughs> or our fat loss psychology or any of that stuff. But not that I don't love all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it was kind of fun to just kind of get off of work for a while. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later.
You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Jason. You know where to find him, altshiftdiet.com, uh, altshift podcast, all the things. He's there all over Facebook. He's got a great, he's got a YouTube, internet. the internet. Just yell Jason at the internet. And internet.com. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's ha- a website. I don't know. I was going to say, what happens if you go to internet.com? Um, uh, all right. It is now time for Humans Being Human. And I have a, a buddy. Who is a farm? He's a, he's works on a farm, and we'll talk about what that means in a second. But he sent me a picture last week of an injury that he sustained, and it nearly made me revenant bear scene pass out. And here is that story: Luke the farmer. Check check. Okay, so Luke is on the call. Um, the, mon- Monday. When did this happen? Monday morning. Monday morning, the worst thing that's ever happened to me happened when Luke sent me a, a picture of something. Why don't we start from the beginning? What What is is it that you do? Uh, I'm a farm manager of a 6,500-acre farm just west of Aveline. Luke, would you consider yourself to be a farmer? I would consider myself to be a farmer, Thanks. yeah, I would. Checkmate me, because yeah. Mark and I had this argument at the beginning of the show is someone defined as a farmer if they work on a farm? Yeah. I was like, no, I don't think he's a farmer. And Rick was like, no, he's a farmer. And you just confirmed that you're a farmer. So, thank you. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't personally identify with that. That's my title. I guess you can call me that. That doesn't mean I identify with that. See, that's what I was meaning, I guess. Shut up, man. Shut <laughs> up, idiot, Mark. <laughs> I've only been farming for two years, so I'm not like... Me and my great grandfather used to ride bikes <laughs> together. That's not, that's not how it is for me. He rides a John. Stocks, he rides on elephant's eye, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I have yeah. farmer relatives that used to say something about an elephant's eye, and I don't remember exactly what that was in reference. He rides his John Deere tractor into town to get groceries. Is basically what we're saying. Supplies. They call it supplies. Oh, oh right, right. Yeah, when my wife's in the mood, she sings me, uh, I think your tractor's sexy. Oh, That's okay. the kind of family that I'm in. Okay. Talk slower. Yeah. Um, <laughs> should I beat you? Okay, so what? What you're working on a farm. Explain what happened next after you were working on a farm. All right, so Monday morning, I uh, go out to a field to change a, a tractor uh, tractor tire. And this isn't any tractor tire. It's uh, six foot tall. Probably weighs about 350 pounds kind of a tractor tire so it's a, it's a big boy so boss and i are out there working and hang on, uh, hang, on hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on stop stop so this is a two-man yeah. job changing a oh, 300 pound. i was gonna uh, say it's like a four-man job two-man yeah. job like, it's one of you lifting up the tractor and the other just putting the tire on? how do you do this? like the superman baby when he lifts up the tractor. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so, yeah, it's definitely a two-man job. One person usually is uh, jacking the, the tractor itself up. The other person is moving blocks around, kind of shuffling stuff, getting ready. And uh, that's kind of the situation we had. So if you can imagine, we had two jacks side by side. Okay. And we grazed one all the way up. And then we put blocks underneath the one that wasn't raised to kind of step the tractor up. So we'd move, you know, jack one all the way up, then put blocks under the other then raise it all the way up, and then put blocks into the other one, and just step it up, Ugh. kind of step jacket it. Because this, this axle is like, I don't know, three feet off the, off the ground. This tractor is made to drive over corn, so it's, the bottom of the tractor is eye level with me, and I'm six foot five. So it's, it's a big tractor. Anyway, so 
Um, Actually, we're... by the way, by the process of the changing of the tractor tire, yeah. uh, like you've only been working on the farm for two years. Is this something that you already knew how to do, or was this like day one of farm school? Like, all right, this is step no. one: how to change the tire. Yeah, no, it, this is just, it's one of those things, if you change one, you change, you can change them all pretty much. You just got to find a good place to jack it up and then have a big said. enough wrench to get the nuts off. Boy, oh boy, that off. is definitely what she said. Mark, Mark, yeah. Mark. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So we, we're jacking this big old thing up, and we get, we, we get it close enough where I'm like, hey, man, let's just dig it out. It's getting pretty sketchy at the top. He's like, oh no, man, we we got enough. We'll we'll keep going. See, that's always the problem when someone says we'll keep going or yeah, we'll be fucking or hold my beer. Those are the, <laughs> the bad things to say on a farm. Which one of you said, hold my beer while I do this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, anyways, we uh, he's he's convinced it's gonna work. So he jacks it up all the way, and um, I'm like, oh, well, that actually worked. I'm kind of surprised. It's as sketchy as crap. So I reach in to grab the other jack that hasn't been used, and about that time, boom, the jack slips, and uh, I have a tractor pinning my hand between uh, a block and the jack. So I uh, split my split my thumb in half. I didn't realize what had happened at the time. I just so it felt your, like someone. Did your hand immediately come out, or was it stuck? No, it wasn't. It wasn't stuck. Like I say, it just kind of felt like someone punched my hand. So, so as soon as I I feel that, I pull it out real quick because I knew something had happened, but I didn't think. I thought, oh, maybe a, a block just fell on it, nothing bad. And I looked down at my thumb, and it's split in half without a fingernail bleeding. So, Mark showed me this picture. This is very much like uh, like in Saving Private Ryan, where like the guy gets his leg <laughs> blown off, and he just looks down, and he's like. Huh? It doesn't understand. Like, hey, that's my leg that's over there five feet away. Like, is that when you see your thumb? Are you first like, huh? That's funny. How did that happen? Or are you instantaneously like, oh god, like in a total crisis mode? <laughs> All right. So my first thought was, oh god, what the hell just happened to my hand? That was my first thought. <laughs> but at, at that exact time, the exact time I'm thinking that, I look up. And my boss has just lost his mind. I mean, he's in shock way more than I am. He's running around trying to, like, clean up our trucks to figure out. I don't know what he's doing to clean, you know, cleaning trucks. And he's like, I got to vacuum the floorboards of my truck. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get that workers' but comp I, information. Hang on. Yeah. You know, he's, he's pacing around and looks like a, a guy waiting on a baby to come. <laughs> it's just the most crazy, <laughs> crazy thing. So, he, he, seriously, it made me calm. Him freaking out so bad, and his overreaction made me come. Because so, you're like having to take care of him. Yeah, but so he's pacing around. And I'm like, hey man, can we get in one of these trucks and go, please? It's time to go to the hospital. We're done cleaning. We're done doing all this other stuff. Let's get in the truck and go. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So he finally calms down, and we get in the truck. And he's still freaking out. And I'm like, great, this crazy guy is gonna drive me into town. This is gonna be fun. So, so I'm they not, hop on know, the tractor. <laughs> yeah, we, we drove the three three wheel tractor into town together, <laughs> riding in each other's lap. I love a horse. Got to get on in down to the dock. <laughs> yeah. And then by that time, I spilled his beer, so he was mad at me about it. Oh great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
No, it's been we okay, so we're we're at farm it's there's a pretty big road that you go seventy five on and it it was probably a four or five minute drive from the back end of this field to that road and the whole time I'm just trying to cut up and, you know, calm him down and not be afraid for my life with this guy driving. And he kind of snaps out of it, but as soon as we hit that big road it wouldn't be funny, but like what if this happens and you're on the way and he just smashes into a telephone pole. Yeah. That would that'd be funny. <laughs> well, he, he was going 95 to 100 the whole way here. So I'm, I'm telling you, there, I, had, I told him, I said, hey, man, my life's not worth my thumb. Let's take it slow yeah. and slow down a little bit. Hey, just, that, 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 sir, if, if we drive 100 miles an hour and it's only a four-minute drive, we're only really theoretically going to cut about 20 seconds off the drive time. So let's do the math here and see what's – no, 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 just uh, – yeah. Off. Yeah, but anyways, we, we hit the road, and my father-in-law, is a, is, he used to be an ER doctor. He was an ER doctor for a really long time. Now he does wound care and hyperbarics. So I, I called my wife, because I knew he'd been out of town, and I'm like, hey, is uh, is your dad in town? He, he was in Vegas for the weekend. He likes to go. I think he's at a conference, but he uh, also likes to enjoy Vegas, so he was up really late last night, and <laughs> she was like, yeah, he he's in town, but he literally has only been asleep for 20 minutes. He just went to bed. And it's, by now it's like 10 55 in the morning. I'm like, screw it. You gotta wake him up. <laughs> My son is ripping ass. And she was like, why? I'm like, I'll send you a picture. Just wake him up. I need, you know, I need to get him to stitch me up. Like, just trust me. Wake him up. He's here, honey. Hey, well, yeah. why is not important right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I sent her a picture, and she calls me immediately back. They're like, okay, I just woke him up. Everything's going to be okay. And we pedal our way 100 miles an hour trying to go back to the future that fast. And uh, we show up, show up, and I get to my father-in-law's house. And I'm like, where is he? What's, what's going on? My, my wife was like, yeah, we're just going to let him sleep for 45 minutes or, or more just to you know, give him some time to sleep. And I'm pulling out my thumb, and... It's split in half, and I'm like, this means nothing to you? Can we can we do something about this? I want to wake this guy up. Let's get this thing going. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So I had 45 minutes to just sit around and take videos of myself. Yeah, he, that's when he's, like, sending us all the pictures, and I'm, like, passing out. <laughs> Revenant bear scene all over again. And he wakes up 45 minutes later and goes, oh, God, if you would have just got to me 45 minutes ago, we could have saved this thing. Yeah. Now just give me a give me <laughs> yeah. got to lop that pistol be right off of there. <laughs> So tell me, you, you were telling me like when he was cleaning it out, like there was a big fragment of bone that was just like he just pulled out. It was just kind of loose in there. And then he started like cleaning your bone. <laughs> yeah. So he, he finally finally wakes up and gets me numb. And um, I was like, man, I, I don't know what happened to my thumb now, but I think it got smashed because I see these little pieces of something in my thumb. And then we get there and he, he starts pouring stuff out. And he's like, oh, that's not your finger. Now it's bone parts. Like so where was, your, where was your fingernail? Uh, Just later that day, my boss sent me a picture of him holding my entire unscathed fingernail in one piece, oh about my. two feet from where the tractor tire was. Gosh! Oh, we can do a transplant. Yeah. Get to the hospital immediately. <laughs> so you may never have a thumbnail. Like we're gonna get a picture tomorrow because it's been wrapped up since then. And yeah. so, if you can imagine this, if you if you really listener. List, the Simply Human listener, if you really want to see this picture, 
email yeah. email us and I'll send it to you. Um, it is it is like from the t- from the joint up. Imagine it's like it's just like two thumbs. Like we were j- joking. It's like you could give like the revenant two half <laughs> thumbs up. Like <laughs> just. <laughs> He's taking the Roger Ebert one and a half thumbs up to a whole new level. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so anyway, so it's if you're going to be okay. But what you told me is really lucky that I mean you could have lost your whole hand, your arm, you're, you could have died. I mean, there's a lot of things. So thankfully, that was just the tip of your thumb and not the tip of something else, like your other finger. <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, it was a uh, it was kind of a uh, I have no idea. Someone, yeah, I was looking out for me or something because I mean it was an eighth of an inch from my joint. I can't imagine not being able to bend my thumb. But yeah. we'll see. Hey, I, have, so I, I, have, I, just, I have one more non-thumb related farm question. Okay, is your boss right, like an, is he like an eighty-year-old man who wears overalls and always has like a piece of grass hanging out of his mouth and he just says well a whole bunch. Rain, you coming? You just described me to the T. Yeah, you did. <laughs> That's what I wear. <laughs> No, he just walks around. The guy, the proprietor is probably a year older than me. He actually is a fifth generation farmer, so he's been in the game a lot longer than me. But he, he's a big uh, polo and tucked in shirt. You know, rides his yep. big flatbed in town. That's uh, I don't know. He's just a normal dude. He's just a lot more country. <laughs> awesome. All right, Luke. This We're is, not, this farmers been... aren't all ranchers. We're not all that big of rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> this has been thumb splitting talk with Luke. <laughs> Luke the farmer. We'll yeah. call him that. So Luke, thank you for doing this and uh please send me uh updates tomorrow as you unwrap your thumb. Or is it today? No, it'll be tomorrow. It'll be tomorrow. Okay. Good luck with, with your thumb unwrapping. Also all good right, luck take with Good luck with the winter wheat. I heard this is going to be a big year in the farmer's almanac. <laughs> I'll write that down. It's got to be true if it's in the almanac. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, man, we're going to let you go. Thanks, Lukey. All right, it is now time for the Simply Human Tip of the Week, something you can start doing to become a more healthy human. And this is from a study done. Uh, I found it on, um, on Google Scholar. Google. Nerd.org. Org scorg, um, and it's uh, oh, let's see. I don't want to lose my page. It's eighteen. I guess I'll go to the top and come back. It's Cal- California State University Northridge, and it's the media's portrayal of the exceptionally fit body and the increase of body image concerns within college age individuals. I know we've had some body image stuff. It's just this is something that I'm particularly like interested in right now, and so that's yep. why this is what's coming up. So. This, this is like the methods of this study. So it's 36 male and 38 female college-age students, ages 18 to 27, recruited from several gyms in the Southern California area. So it's like the mecca of like, dude, bro, you know, like people in the gym in Southern California. <laughs> to serve as participants in the study, they were asked to complete an online questionnaire packet on surveymonkey.com via email. Participants were asked to give their consent, da-da-da, the mean age, blah, blah, blah. The study was approved by Institution, <laughs> institution Review Board. Blah, 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 science, blah, blah, yeah, blah, Well, blah, so here's the important part. So the participants completed a questionnaire packet which evaluated the media's influence on cultural attractiveness, standards, exercise habits, exercise dependence, body comparison, drive for muscularity, diet, supplement use, and characteristics associated with muscle dysmorphia. And so what they found was, let's see if I can get to the 
Where's the page thing? Here we go. Page 31 is the results. So the main objective of the study was to examine how the media's portrayal of the exceptionally fit body causes increases in body image concerns within college-age individuals who internalize the stereotype of cultural attractiveness. And the result of the study suggests significant associations between internalization of the media's portrayal of the ideal body and body image concerns across both male and female participants, as well as social media having a major impact. These findings support past research and the hypothesis that the media's portrayal of the exceptionally fit body may may lead to the development of body image concern and body dissatisfaction in individuals with high levels of internalization. The findings also show that body image concern and characteristics of muscle dysmorphia are closely related. So, I mean, it's like, hey, we landed on the moon, right? Like, everything that, like, you you would think about body image and, like, the, the, the exceptionally fit body image... And the and the dangers and the negative effects that it can have on the people trying to a- achieve that are are yeah. pretty well. There's a lot of pretty good data backing that up. I, I mean, I can't. well, that's why we say pretty often on here that you need to focus on you and focus on being the best you that you can be. Listen, I'm never going to look like a shirtless t- uh, Tyler Sagan, mm. the uh, All Stars All Star Center. Talks. Terrific. Mm. And if you're not. Or if he is, Google shirtless pics of him and have your own body issues. But uh, I'm never going to look like that. But you know what I can do? I can uh, be healthy. I can make sure my my uh, you know blood pressure and body fat and you know cholesterol, all this stuff is right. I can do that. I can focus on eating uh, food that's good for me, that helps me you know have energy and things of that nature. I can focus on good, uh, sustainable you know, exercise plans and, uh, and recovery and sleep and, and all those things I can focus on those. And so, so what if I don't ever look like 3% body fat Tyler Sagan with super sexy ripped up six pack abs? Oh my God, he's so sexy. I don't like him. Does that make me like not a good person? Does that make me not a good husband or a good daddy or a good, uh, you know, a police officer? No, I mean, I can climb stairs and not get winded and I can do the things that my life calls on me to do. So, uh, but I've been, I'm, I say guilty. Uh, I don't want to say like I've been just as guilty as everybody else. But those things have affected me for sure. Part of it's because I am so obsessed with sports and every person I see is super duper fit. Unless it's the kicker for Penn state who weighs like 260 pounds, I put six, but like, uh, and you're really typing your rear end off over there, aren't you? I'm now in a typing factory. I was in a paper factory and now I'm in a typing factory. Sounds like you're in a typewriting factory. But yeah, we need to make sure we're ignoring those things because when you turn on the TV, all you're seeing are super ripped dudes and super hot ladies. But like, that's not the real world. It's kind of like Facebook is not really the real world, but it it causes some people to have, you know, uh, anxiety issues because everyone's just putting the perfect stuff out there and you're thinking, oh, my life isn't perfect. It's the same thing. You need to be, you know, I think we said it in last week's tip, you need to be where your feet are, yeah. you know? Yeah. And also like, you know, everybody's different. That's why we talk about being the healthiest version of yourself. It's not about being this gold standard. I talk about this with Jason on the All Shift podcast that came out last week. Um, it's about like, that's why we say that. It's because you might be on like medication that makes you gain weight, and that and and the benefits of the medication outweigh the the detriment of you not being on that medication. You know, so like everybody's different, but within if you have to take that medication that makes you be that way, be the healthiest version of that person that you can be. Right? Like, don't just give up and not try in other areas. So, really, it's like ignore. This is the tip: ignore the media's portrayal of the exceptionally fit body. Right? Because it's like there's no good that comes of it. So, right. I agree. 
There you go. All right. Um, sure. Man, I need to tell... At some point, I need to... On the air, I need to talk to you about the Coca-Cola bottling factory right by my house that I went and toured. It was the most unbelievable thing that's ever happened to me. Hmm. I drink, okay. I drink Sprite right off of the line. God, gross. <laughs> I know. It just made me like... I've never been on board with Sprite. I'm not like... Uh, really? Colonel anti-soda man like uh here and there occasionally i'll have a diet coke and i love soda but sprite it just always it was like getting uh, someone ramming like a lime like right up in your <laughs> i haven't had a coke or a sprite or whatever in and seriously probably like 15 years may, maybe more and wow. it was but I, it's like i couldn't the poor little tech guy that like, comes over and he's like got the little sprite that he like took off the little thing and i couldn't be like oh sorry idiot i don't drink sprite get out out of my face and like knock it back into his face i wanted to be polite and it was a cool experience we'll talk about it at some point um all right then you can go to the website simplyhumanlifestyle.com you can email us simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com you can email rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com uh, you know where to find us at simplyhuman52 is all the social media stuff like us on facebook leave us an itunes review thank you so much for listening we know there are a lot of things out there um, so uh, you can be doing a lot of other things so thank you for making us part of your day very, very chilling. we know there are lots of things out there yeah many many things And then, so coming up, we have some really cool stuff. Let me open up my calendar very quickly. And we have, there is a guy named, actually, I'm going to be on Lori Harder's podcast. Um, Remember, she was on about, on episode 142. I interviewed her yesterday. So I will uh, tweet all that out and everything. Um, We have, uh, there's a guy that did a TED Talk. It's gotten over like 3 million views. Uh, It's not TED. Uh, He's a magician. And and we're going to have him on. He has a really cool, um, uh, the way that he looks at uh, perspective. And so his name is Brian Miller. Uh, and he's going to be on the show. We also have um, Dave Hunt, which is a, he's like a, it's like a combination jump rope CrossFit guy. They, he reached out to me. It seems like a really cool deal. Uh, so he's going to be on soon. Uh, we're interviewing Brian next Friday. But, um, first we'll talk about that uh so yeah a lot of cool stuff coming up got a lot of good feedback on the kate galliette show like i really like when she whenever she's on it's like i get like a flood of man that was great through email she's a real terrific lady yeah and it's it's so good i think the reason she's so good is because like we'll we'll go off the rails and she's just kind of like yeah guys uh come on here we go back like back back here back here over guys yeah so um anyway so thank you so much um i guess I guess it's going to do it, right? That's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, you just got to find a good place to jack it up. We're jacking this big old thing up. Get the nuts off. So until next time, enjoy yourself.